Hilchas Shvishas Asr, the laws of resting on the 10th, the 10th day of Tishri, that is, i.e. Yom Kippur. Yish Mechol Ava Mitzvah, it involves four mitzvahs, Shtay Mitzvah, I say two positive mitzvahs, or Shtay Mitzvah, say two negative mitzvahs, there are part of these are them. Aleph number one, the Shpeis Mabalacha, to refrain from doing, excuse me, to rest on that day, positive mitzvah. Beis, negative mitzvah, Shalas Mabalacha, not do work on that day. Gimel number three, positive mitzvah, l'sanis to fast on that day. Dalit number four, negative mitzvah, shleilech, l'sanis b'ay not to eat or drink on that day. Ubir kol mitzvah, elu prakmedu, will explain the mitzvahs, these mitzvahs in the following prakim. The Ram does not deal with the issue issue of teshuva on Yom Kippur. That's, that he discusses in the, in the laws of teshuva, hilchah teshuva. Perek Rishon Alacha Aleph, mitzvah seselish b'ayis m'alacha, is a positive mitzvah to rest from work. Be'asad b'chadash ha'shvi, on the 10th day of the 7th month. The month we call Tishrei. Shnemar, it says, Shabbat Shabbos and Hulachem, it's a Shabbos of Shabbos is for you, a rest day of rest days for you. Whoever does work on those days, work will be defined shortly. violates a positive commandment, transgresses a negative commandment. Shnemar, as the Fasik says, on the 10th day of the month, you shall not do any work. What is he liable if he does malach on this day? If he does it deliberately, intentionally, he's chayiv karis, which the Ramam defines elsewhere as passing away before one's time and also a spiritual repercussion to the soul in the world to come. If he was uh, unintentional, he's chayiv for a sin offering, that's fixed and established regardless of financial status. As opposed to the the carbon elevated, which is a carbon chatas that changes in nature based on a person's financial status. So this is a carbon chatas kavua, a fixed carbon chatas. Any malacha which if you do, now we're going to define now what what are these what is this work exactly you have to not do in Yom Kippur. So any malacha which if you do it on your Shabbos. The third nine malachas, if you do it deliberately, and they're told us, if you do them intentionally on Shabbos, a person is liable for stoning. If a person does it intentionally on Yom Kippur, he's chayav karas. So on Shabbos, if there's, if there's witnesses and a warning, the person is chayav for stoning. And Yom Kippur, he's chayav karas. Now, he's also a chayav malchus and bezin for working on, on Yom Kippur, that, but that atones for the karas. So the essential punishment is karas, and the malchus... Uh, the Malchus atones for that. If there's no warnings, no witnesses, then in both scenarios, a person's chayav kara, Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Any situation where a person's chayav and karbon chatas on Shabbos for doing malacha unintentionally, chayav and karbon chatas on Yom Kippur, he's also chayav to bring a karbon chatas on Yom Kippur. Anything which you may not do on Shabbos, which, which is forbidden rabbinically. Afish and malacha, even though it's not a biblical malacha, oslas says Yom Kippur is not allowed to be done Yom Kippur. If a person does that malacha, like for example, he touches something muktzah, makanis, makas mardis, he gets he gets rabbinic lashes, rebellious lashes. So it's like malchus, uh, a person accepts it abonim. Derech shemakanis should be al Shabbos, as it would happen, the person is lashed for Shabbos for violating rabbinic prohibition, whether it's muktzah or any other rabbinic prohibition. Whatever is muktzah on Shabbos, also talti ben kaputim is not allowed to be moved in Kippur either. It's Muqsim Kippur as well. So the previous example where he spoke about doing an Isidra or, or something which is Asim Isidra Abonon or in general something which is Asir but there's rabbinic lashes. The truth is Muqsim is not a good example but sometimes it's a, a biblical prohibition except that, for example, a person intentionally uh, does a Malacha only halfway. He deliberately writes one letter. So there's no Malchus in that meditator, but there's Malchus Midar Abonon. So on your Kippur as well there's Malchus Midar Abonon. Whatever is Muktzim, Kippur Muktzim, whatever is Muktzim on Shabbos is Muktzim Kippur as well. Whatever may not be done, excuse me, or said or done, 
ideally on Shabbos because of weekday talk, or, or not honoring the Shabbos, or Dabr Dov, as we said, it's also forbidden Yom Kippur. Kolosh Dov, here's the principle. Ain may Shabbos Yom Kippur Yom Elu. There is no difference between Shabbos Yom Kippur in these regards. Ella bezod and Melacha b'Shabbos, except if you do Melacha on Shabbos intentionally, the Skila. If there's witnesses and warning, this the punishment is Skila. Yom Kippur Yom Kares Yom Kippur. The punishment is Kares. Melacha Gimel. Moitel Kanea Lekanei Vesayerek Yom Kippur Yom. Minachalamayla. A person on Yom Kippur is allowed to trim a vegetable after Mincha time, meaning Mincha Katana, which would be. Let's say three thirty p.m. If the sun rose at six a.m. and set at six p.m. Mao and Akinov, what is this idea of trimming the vegetable? She also says that he removes the uh, the wilted leaves. He cuts the sashar and then uh, uh, cuts the other leaves away. and gets it ready to eat. You can also crack nuts. Crack the shell of the nuts from a and uh, open the pomegranates and minchamayl again after mincha time. because of uh, hardship of the soul, which uh, presumably means that it's going to be difficult. You have to fast longer if the food isn't ready, isn't ready to start cooking as soon as Yom Kippur ends. Yom Kippur is mishcholis b'shabes. If Yom Kippur falls down on Shabbos, also the the kinivas yarek ufitas agrezim, then you're not allowed to uh, uh, trim away the leaves of the vegetable or crack nuts or frichas emrenim or crack open or open a pomegranate. Call him the entire day. That's because if you do it on that Shabbos, which is Yom Kippur, you may do it on other Shabbosim of the year. If it's not Shabbos, you're not going to confuse that with other Shabbosim. And it's forbidden to prepare on Shabbos for after Shabbos. In North Africa, and, excuse me, in, in, in uh, Bavel, in Iraq, Iraq in, in, and in Africa, in North Africa, the custom has become, not to do any of these activities on Yom Kippur, even though technically they're allowed to, it's like Shabbos in all particulars, all regards, even the idea of, of preparing the food to be uh, eaten as soon as Yom Kippur ends. Now the Ramam just told us about the leniency about preparing food on Yom Kippur for after Yom Kippur, even though uh, you usually not allowed to prepare for, on, on Shabbos for after Shabbos, because of the fasting and the hardship that you endure if you can't do that. The Ramam makes the assumption, we know you're not allowed to eat and drink on Yom Kippur. Because he told us that already in the mitzvahs, in the, in the introduction to Hilchas Shvisa And here he goes into more detail. That exact point. Mitzvah Saseh, Acheres Yesh Mekipur. There's another mitzvah, positive mitzvah in Kippur, for who that is. To refrain from eating and drinking. Shem Pasuk says, Avayikra, Perek, Tes, Zayin, Pasuk Chavtes. Tanus Hashashechem, you shall afflict your souls. By old tradition, we learn. What is this affliction that is for the soul? Zatzim refers to fasting. Whoever fasting kipper, kiyamitz to say, has fulfilled a positive commandment. Whoever eats or drinks on that day, bitamitz to say, violates a positive commandment. And he also transgresses a negative commandment. And the Pasuk says, where does it say you may not eat or drink in Kippur? It says, whichever, this is Perak Vayikra, Perak Chavgil and Pasuk Chavtes. Who, whichever, uh, whichever person or any soul who will not fast on this very day, that soul will be cut off. Now, that's what the Pasuk says. If the Pasuk punishes somebody who does not fast with Karis, that we can infer that we are, uh, we are enjoined, we are commanded not to eat and drink. This is an exception to the principle that the Torah does not just tell you, don't do such and such. Excuse me. The Torah does not just say, if you do such and such, you're going to get punished. And we have to go infer that that means I can't do such and such. 
Normally the Torah says, first of all, thou shalt not do dot, dot, dot. And then it says, if you do dot, 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 there's a punishment. That's the principle of ancient Here, apparently, there's an exception, even though we don't have a specific puzzle that says not to eat and drink. The fact that the fact that Torah goes and says that you're punished if you eat and drink, from there we infer that you shall not eat and drink. Whoever eats and drinks from Kippur unintentionally, has to bring a fixed carbon chatas. Again, fixed meaning it does not change regardless of financial status. Similarly, we learn and we also learn from the old tradition, besides the prohibitions of eating and drinking, a person is not allowed to bathe in Yom Kippur. Anoint himself with oils or lotions, as a sandal, or wear shoes, leather shoes, that is, or to have relations. It's a mitzvah to rest from all of these as one must, or sorry, refrain from these as you must refrain from eating and drinking. Shem Pasuk says, Shabbos, Shabbos, a Shabbos of Shabboses. Shabbos, the first one is regarding eating or drinking, and the second one of Shabbos is these other types of refrain. Refraining. However, a person only chayav karas, or if he does intentionally, or a carbon, if he's unintentional, if for actual eating and drinking. If a person bathes, anoints himself, wears leather shoes, or has relations, he gets uh, rabbinic lashes. So, according to Rama, apparently it seems that these other things, that besides eating and drinking, are biblically forbidden, but there is no, there's no uh, karas or carbon. The punishment is Marcus Mardus, even though it's Isdaraisa. Others suggested that the Ramam holds that they're actually only Midarabalan. Just as refraining from Allah is an obligation both night and day from Kippur, so to the refraining from any eating or drinking or any of these activities applies both night and day from Kippur, as opposed to, for example, other Yom Devim, like Shafer of Rosh Hashanah or, or, or uh, Lula of Antukas, where the mitzvahs only during the day, these mitzvahs are both night and day. Now, a person must add from the mundane time to the holy time. When Yom Kippur starts, when it ends, the it says, in Vayikra, Chav Gimel, excuse me, Chav Gimel, Laman Beis, V'nisim Esav you shall afflict your souls, Petisha L'Chadish, better than on the ninth of the day in the evening. Now, Yom Kippur is on the tenth, obviously. Claim me to say, Start fasting in the evening of the ninth, close to the tenth. So you've kind of started at least one second or one moment before sunset on the ninth. V'chem when Yom Kippur ends, Shoya Be'inu, he has to remain in his state of affliction of not of not eating and drinking or any other activity like that. Be'at, a little bit, Be'lil Acher, Acher Asar, on the night of the 11th, meaning meaning the night of Yom Kippur, Samach Asiri, close to the 10th day. So the night after Yom Kippur, Shemad says, Be'erev Ad Erev, from eating until evening, Tishma Shabbatchem, you shall rest your resting, so uh, the idea being that it goes into the next night. So it's very difficult to not do this, you know, because you, unless you're eating and drinking or wearing leather shoes up to the very second of sunset, then you begin to eat and drink the second of nightfall of Matim Kippur, you uh, are doing this, 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 this uh, addition. But there's a mitzvah to consciously make sure that you're adding at least somewhat. The minute is usually 18 minutes, but some minimal amount of time before sunset, before Yom Kippur starts and after Yom Kippur ends, uh, this also applies to other Shabbos and Yom Tevim as well regarding Malacha. Halacha Zayin, Nashim women, and this doesn't, doesn't just mean women, it means anybody who's, who, who uh, is not uh, extremely educated in Yiddish, Yiddishkeit, the Ammam indicative of his times when women were not uh, uh, formally educated in Torah, 
So he, he says, he, he gives women as an example. They eat and drink mamash to the last second the Kippur starts till nightfall, or presumably the means means sunset. Uh, if any, but they don't know that there's a mitzvah to add and to begin fasting a moment before Yom Kippur begins, before sunset. Don't protest against what they, what they do. Because they're not, they, they won't listen to you since it doesn't say it clearly in the Torah. It's only derived. And if they don't, and, and this way, by 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 by, by disobeying what you you're, what you tell them, they're now doing it on, it on purpose. So better let them be. Uh, it's impossible to be a policeman in the house of every single person to tell the women exactly what to do uh, uh, regarding when the beginning of the Kippur and the Ramam apparently understands the men are not in the house then they're in shul uh, let them do what they're doing should you mishagin that better they should be unintentional unintentional they shouldn't be deliberately uh, uh, transgressing and this is the assumption that they they're not gonna that you know for sure they're not gonna listen if there's a chance they might listen then you do you should you should rebuke them uh, again this is because it's something which is not stated explicitly in the Torah if it is stated explicitly you should rebuke them even if they're not gonna listen so again let them be better be be uh, gig, uh, unintentional and they shouldn't be deliberate. The Khain called says the same thing applies to all similar situations as the Adam told us in the Khazdeh's Perikvov, all the principles about admonishing someone else.